Okay, welcome to the Messenger Podcast. We're so glad that you're spending the next few minutes with us. Our goal here at Messenger is to develop uncompromising followers of Christ who transform the world. So we want to use this podcast to share truths that will position you to experience God's best in your life and in your world. My name is Addison Bevere, and I will be your host today. Most of you probably have no idea who I am, so a quick word about me. I am married to the love of my life, Juliana Bevere. I actually snatched her up when she was 19 years old. Yes, 19 years old. That is legal in all 50 states. And now we have four kids together, four and no more. Four and no more. The factory has been shut down. Four and no more. And I've been on the messenger team for over 12 years. Over 12 years. It's hard to believe. But I've basically been supporting operations my entire life. So uh, you may have heard voices or noises in the background. That's because I have two of my closest friends here with me today, Matt Joya and Alan Nigren. So Matt is the director of relations here at Messenger Internationally, also serves as our staff pastor, and Alan is Messenger's creative director. And these are incredible gentlemen, and I'm excited for you to get to know them today. So, but before we dive in, I want to make a side note. Today, we're using a conversation format, but we'll often include a short message from our weekly team gathering. So be on the lookout for those. Those are a lot of fun. You never really know what to expect when we do those weekly here at Messenger International. So, Alan, let's start with you. Yes, sir. How'd you get connected with Messenger? And tell us a bit about your journey since joining the team. Yeah, it was an interesting thing. Um, I was uh, in an internship program at our local church. Um, working for free. Working for free. Working for free, doing the slave labor. Um, and I grew up in Colorado, but uh, as a requirement of the internship, I had to move out of my house and live with home sponsors. Turns out the two home sponsors I lived with were, at the time, uh, employed with Messenger International. Uh, the wife was John's executive uh, assistant, and... The husband was in the shipping department. So on my one day off a week on Mondays, I would come in um, with with them and to volunteer do more my free time. Work. Yeah, yeah, to do more free work. Um, had no connection to the ministry, knew nothing about what was going on here. Um, just decided to volunteer a little bit. And throughout that interaction and the time there, um, John and Lisa would come to our internship program like once a quarter and speak to us and just kind of developed a relationship. And after I graduated, uh, I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And I was debating about going back to school and uh, all kinds of stuff. And I was actually on a, um, on a road trip to Minnesota and somebody called me out of the blue from the ministry and said, hey, we have this position available in customer relations. Would you be interested? And I was like, hmm. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, uh, I hate talking on the phone. Uh, I'm not good with that kind of thing. But sure, I'll put in my application. Uh, long story short, I got hired. And within a week, they figured out that I was terrible at customer relations. And they decided to move me down to the warehouse. So um, moved me down to the warehouse uh, through a long series of, of events and time here. I eventually kind of got moved around and shifted and finally found my passion in, um, in the creative arts. And so then eventually just became, I don't know, grew up here, grew, yeah. grew and flourished and uh, found unknown talents in my life. And yeah, so I've been here for almost 14 years, which is wild. Um, yeah, I feel like I've been here for most of my life, actually. Yeah, it's, it's like true. a third of my life, I think. It's true. Yeah. I've been here over, no, over a third over. of my life. 
Yeah. So wow, wow, that's a long now, time. Now we're now we're aging <laughs> you. So pretty much any design you've seen come out from Messenger International, this man is the mastermind behind it. Absolutely brilliant. He has grown so much here on the team, and he is a leader here and a significant contributor to everything that happens through Messenger around the world. Now, Matt, same question for you. Go. Sure. So, Do you remember the question? I do remember okay, the question. So pretty crazy story. Um, I was signed up for Bible college, and about two days before I was about to leave, I was at a small group, and we got in this big theological debate. I'll spare you what it was about. But as I was walking out of the apartment— It was about Nephilim. Yes. <laughs> I just didn't want to dive into that because we could talk about that all, all day. All day long. <laughs> so I was walking out to the parking lot, and this kid that was in the group ran up to me, and he said, I really think you should listen to this CD. And I said, hey, I'm leaving for Bible college. I'm not coming back. And he said, you know what? Go ahead and keep it. And it was John Bevere's Getting God's Attention. I had no idea who John Bevere was. And I had about a 36-hour drive to the Northeast, uh, Rhode Island. And I listened to that CD over and over and over. And even in Bible college with a heavy reading uh, schedule, I began to just devour every John Bevere and Lisa Bevere book I could. And um, I was looking for summer work and a summer job opened up here at the ministry. And it was basically to call pastors and let them know about John's new message, Heart Ablaze, which was new 14 years ago. Yes, it was. <laughs> and um, so I applied for that position. I got accepted. I came here just for the summer. And then uh, when the summer was coming to an end, John called me in his office and said, I really feel like you're supposed to be here. And I actually looked John in the eye and said, well, I'm flattered, but I have a call on my life. I'm going to go travel and speak. And so thank you, but no thank you. And he said, will you at least pray about it? And so I prayed about it. I had my father pray about it. And I just felt strongly that the Lord told me you're to serve this man and this woman. And I've been there, been here ever since. That was 12 and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that Alan said he kind of was raised here because I'm looking around at us and we all came in here single. We did. It's true. All three of us were single. We all met our wives. We all have yep. multiple children. They all go to the same school. And so we've been very, very blessed. But I started out on the church relations team and eventually moved into a leadership role there um, and uh, then began to work with partner relations and pretty much, you know, relations as a whole. I love people. I love talking to people and I love connecting more with the vision of this ministry. So that's that in a nutshell. Yeah. And Matt is an amazing encourager. He leads our morning prayer. We do a morning prayer together as yeah. a team and he leads that and is training up other people to lead it and does a phenomenal job and is a key voice, key leader here at Messenger International. And that's why I wanted to have these two gentlemen join me today because they will make me look or sound good, I guess, since we're not, there's no visual of what's happening true. today. <laughs> so guys, we've you been You sound here. great anyway, well, Thank you, Alan. You yeah. do. Thanks, guys. Just thank you. Yeah, we'll, Stop. Pat, we'll pat you on the back. Stop, thank you. So obviously we've been here for a while. So between the three of us, we've been here at Messenger for almost 40 years, which is a long time. So guys, we've been here for a long time. So I, I want to ask you both a question and either one of you could grab this and both of you could answer it. One of it could, one of you could answer it, but how do you find with being here for as long as you've been here, how do you find the passion and motivation to faithfully do what you do day in and day out? That's a great question, Ad. And you know, 
I think sometimes passion can be fleeting and you have to have perspective. And for me, it always comes back to what I've been rescued from. Mm. I can never get over the sacrifice that God made to be in relationship with me, that God made that I could have eternal life. Mm. And so I always remind myself of the cost that was paid for me to be able to step into eternity, for me to be able to step into who God created me to be. And so I always wake up in the morning and recognize that there are people out there like me that don't know the truth. They don't know that there's a God that loves them. They don't know that they were created for so much more than what they're experiencing and seeing. So I try to stoke that fire. And sometimes that fire gets low, but one of the ways that you stoke that is through intimacy with God, through time in the word. Um, It's a relationship. And so as we pray and we talk to God, he talks with us. It's, a, it's not a monologue. It's yeah. a dialogue. Yeah, and so the fact that the creator of the universe can give you fresh perspective each and every single day is something that everybody wants to tap into. Yeah. And I mean, that's God. I mean, God, God's design for us is to be in relationship with him. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And whenever on. I struggle with anything work related, because I mean, the ministry is work. I mean, we work hard. Mm-hmm. We work hard. Yeah. We, we have good days and bad days. You know, I mean, we have success and failure here at the ministry. It's not like everything is, you know, unicorns and sunshine. Um, but on those days where things are they? Are they unicorns? No, no absolutely not. Oh. No, no, they're I not. Mean, there, there are some unicorn sightings periodically, yeah. but, well, but you're, you're, for the record, that's a good thing. Unicorns and sunshine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I did. I did reference that as a bad thing. You're right. Oh well. Well, there are dark clouds within the ministry. You know, like things. I mean, things happen yeah. in, in just yeah. in in life, and I think that is ultimately we have to come back to our center. We have to come back to what ultimately uh, drew us. Uh, into relationship with God, right? And when we're in touch with our Creator, like you said, our our dynamic is to be in a personal, intimate, ongoing relationship. And it's not just devotions in the morning, but it's being in that continual dialogue. Um, we basically have a racetrack around our ministry where we take laps. Uh, you the know, lap track. The, the lap That's track. Right. And, you know, it's an infamous thing around here. If you, you might be getting rebuked on a lap, but oftentimes I take laps just to just to reconnect with God throughout the day and yeah. just be like, okay, how am I doing? And, I, and you know, ultimately that, that brings us back to why we're here. Yeah. And, you know, you can do that whether, I mean, my wife is a teacher and she has to refocus in the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Being in ministry is is honestly, to me, the same thing as being a teacher or being in the business world. Wherever God's called you. Right. You have to find your motivation. And if mm-hmm. your motivation is in anything else besides what your relationship with God and your, your passion for that, then you're on a shaky foundation. So. Yeah. Let's go down. I find that there's three, when I was saying about this, like three ideas. Okay, three ideas related to passion three point sermon. and motivation. This is my mini three-point sermon. Okay, Here we so, go. So first, point number one, big idea number one. Take notes. People who have no passion for the present have an unhealthy relationship with the past or the future. So let me explain what I mean by that. So people who live in the past, they miss out on the present. All right, they're thinking about mistakes they made. They're thinking about opportunities they missed. They're thinking about things that were done to them, fears that they suffered, those types of things. And it keeps them from living in the present. Okay, then you also have these people who have an unhealthy relationship with the future, where they're all in the future. 
oh, if this would just change or when this happens or when God does this in my life, then X, Y, and Z will take place. And what they don't realize is that the decisions that they're making today in the present are shaping the landscape of their future. That's right? good. So yeah, the that's idea good. of the future really is an illusion because yep. we only live in the present. So big idea number one is live in the present. Did you get that? Did number you get one, that? Live in the present. One, live in the present. Number two, passion is not a feeling. Passion is not a feeling. Yes, at times it expresses itself in the form of emotions, but it is not a feeling. It is a conviction. And Matt, this goes back to what you were sharing, Alan, what you were sharing. You have to have that firm belief. That's simply what a conviction is. It's a firm belief. So you have to develop firm beliefs or convictions, and that doesn't happen casually. You have to work on those. You have to dig for those. You have to know what you believe. You have to know why you believe it, which is a good segue into the third one, which is keep the why in front of you. And Matt, you were talking about this as well. You have to keep that why in front of you. When you lose sight of your why, making and you don't make that your top priority, knowing your why, then you've got to make finding your why your top priority because we lose that in seasons. As you were saying, there are bad days, bad weeks, bad months where we lose sight of our why. And when we don't fight to find that why, then our how and our what, those get screwy. Right. It's yeah. really hard to execute when you lose sight of your why. Yeah. It's really hard to know what you're supposed to do when you don't know why you're doing it. And I even think of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 1.8. He writes, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Other translations say we experienced death of the soul. So here's the Apostle Paul, has this amazing mandate on his life, is writing more than half of the New Testament, is pioneering the New Testament church, is releasing these revolutionary ideas of God and his grace, and yet he is having to fight to remember his why as he goes through the challenges and the suffering and the afflictions that he was presented with. So we're no different. Yeah. Right. We are. We all have a calling on our life. Alan, like what you alluded to earlier, we all have a calling on our life, whether we're a teacher, whether we're a stay at home mom, whether we're working for a ministry, we have a calling on our life and we have to get alone with God, spend that time to really develop conviction so we can know the why behind the what. Okay. So another question for you guys, how can our listeners live with greater passion and motivation? Well, I think you have to create those disciplines in your life of being in the word, of being in worship and being in prayer. Maturity just doesn't come from time. Maturity comes from intentionally uh, carving out that time with God. So, you know, the Bible talks about that God will transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. And Romans says that he renews our minds. So we have to feed yeah. on the word in order to be able to get God's perspective on the earth. And again, that's like that fire that I was talking about earlier. That's what stokes it. It's that time in prayer. It's, good, it's that time in the word that, you know, and one of the things is I matured as a believer. I started to recognize and not that I'm perfect, but God started to deal with me less with sin and more with things that were just taking up space. Mm -hmm. So they weren't bad things. They were just things that met if you want to get serious about me, this fantasy football thing is just taking up too much whoa, space. Whoa, I know. Man, that's the out. first time I've said that. I'm laying it out, it out on the table. <laughs> Matt, you know, you could be using this time to do other things. I want to do so much more in you. Yeah. So this isn't a sin issue anymore. It's just how far... I remember a preacher told me this a long time ago. He said, you know what, Matt? You can have as much of God as you want. In fact, you already do. Mm. And I remember yep. thinking... I don't have as much of God as I want. But then I began to think, 
look at these things that I'm holding on to. Why am I holding on to them so tightly? So I would encourage our listeners to take an inventory, an honest assessment of things that may not even be sin, but are just taking up space and begin to get rid of those things. And God will fill those places and will cultivate gifts in you that you didn't even know that you had. Yeah. And maybe yeah. those things are keeping you from discovering passion Absolutely. and developing motivation because they lack substance. Yeah. It's like what, what John Bevere says about we hunger yep. for what we, we feed, feed on. on. Yeah. And so as we feed on the goodness of God, as we feed on his promises, as we feed on his word, as we get further into his presence, then we hunger for more and more of Let's that. Let's go down. And so... Well, and you have misdirected passion. So I could have a passion that should be going towards maybe an outreach that God has placed inside my heart, but I'm giving that passion to some to football. Yeah. And I'm so football is feeding that passion, but I'm I'm not getting that sense of fulfillment. I'm not getting that sense of accomplishment because I'm not stepping into who God created me to be. Because it, it lacks substance. Exactly. It's not feeding you. Right. It's not giving you what exactly. you need. Yeah, that's good. good. And I think I mean I think really another aspect of that is to be in community with people. Right. Because when I'm Absolutely. having a, when I'm having a down time, a down season, I can find Matt and Matt can be on and up, you know, yeah. like, and he can, he can help me, help me keep that passion in front of me, keep so that good. motivation in front of me. Yeah, that's and good. so finding, finding a community of believers is, is vital to our, our healthy, healthy Christian life. That's so, so true. We weren't made to do this alone. So have you ever wanted to quit? So this is confession time. Next question. Have you ever wanted to quit? And if so, what kept you? from quitting. Yeah. Um, when you called me in your office this morning and corrected me, uh, <laughs> that thought had passed my mind. That's a true story, but it's not truth about quitting, but I have battled the thought. I did have to apologize too, for the record. <laughs> oh, you were gracious. I deserved the correction, but, um, we both learned from it, but quitting is something that'll pop into your mind. The enemy uses, but you know what? One of the things that I came to Addison is the feeling of quitting is worse than the feeling of enduring whatever obstacle or trial that you're facing. Mm. And you mm. only learn that, unfortunately, sometimes through trial and error. By not quitting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And so you need to push that thought as far from your mind as possible and recognize that uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, we acquire the strength that we overcome. That's true. And so as we press through and we persevere through these trials, we gain that strength and we gain a new perspective. But the feeling of quitting will just drain you. It's better mm -hmm. for you just to continue to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, and endure and to press through because God never leads you into a storm that he doesn't give you the power to overcome. It's good, Matt. Oh, amen. Alan? Amen. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> definitely been times where I've thought about quitting. I think the, the important thing I mean, like Matt said, enduring is something that it, it, right. you yeah. have to do. I yeah. mean, you have to just continue. And sometimes it's not easy. A lot of times it would be easier just to quit, to throw Absolutely. in the towel and say, I'm going to go do something different. Sure. You know, I mean, I've had the, I mean, we've all been here for a long time. We've definitely had those thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've even questioned God. I've said, God, why did you bring me here, you know, to do this? Yeah. And oftentimes either, and if I've, you know, if I've been exploring other options, oftentimes it's like God has been silent to me. Yeah. And I'm finally like, God, you know, why won't you speak to me about this opportunity that somebody <laughs> presented to me or this? And every time God has come back and said, because I, ha I haven't told you to leave yet, right. you know, like, right. and that's the thing. And that just goes back to, to knowing why you're here. Yeah. And God called each one of us here. And until God tells me to leave yeah. directly and in a very clear way, I'll be here. And Let's so that out. means I'm going to endure, you know, that, that, that gives you a perspective to endure through things. Um, 
that you wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah, that's really good. So, I like to tell people, don't run from something, run to something. That's yeah, good. That's very and, good. And that's when you know you're in a season of transition is you're not running from a problem. You're not running from a situation. You're running to an opportunity. You're yeah, running mm-hmm. to what, a vision that God has placed in your heart, a vision that he's placed before you, an opportunity is placed before you. And you have that peace that transcends yeah. all understanding mm-hmm. and it's guarding your mind. It's guarding your heart. But if you leave in a season of hardship yep. and you run from the hardship, then your life is going to be marked by that evasion of hardship. And you're going to continue to use that pattern and that precedent with how you navigate difficulties in the future. I read a quote from a man recently. He's, he's 75 years old. And he said that everything in substance, so he's talking about relationships, vocation, um, his experience with God, everything of substance that he has as a 75-year-old man came through hardship. Everything of substance that he has came through hardship. So true. And I think if we if we find that motivation, find that passion by keeping that why in front of us, then we're positioned to weather those storms and we're positioned to realize the fullness that Christ has died to give us, has positioned us to realize. And so we're we're out of time for today. So I am Sadly, going to wrap it up, guys. That was a lot of fun. We're going to be doing this again soon. We'll have different team members in the mix. And so we look forward to spending some time with you during the next episode. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to The Messenger Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. And be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, and through our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time. 